brothers and sisters in Christ. A reading of Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. Now let us attend to God's wisdom for us. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father, so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive end to a sin-miserable life, no longer at sin's beck and call. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection we know that when Jesus is raised from the dead, it is a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him, but alive he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. This ends this reading of this holy word. May it be good news to us. Living as we do, um, only a few hours from the Canadian border, it's not unusual for me to make a drive up to Canada. And I did that even, especially when I was from Michigan, I'm, I'm from Michigan, uh, from Flint to be exact, and I'm an hour, in, was an hour in two directions to Canada. So you had a lot of cross-border things going on. And whenever my husband and I go up, we drive up from Minneapolis up to the border, maybe to go to Winnipeg for the weekend. We always have an interesting time at the border. Most of the time, 
the hassle is when we are going from Canada back into the United States. But every so often, it's the other way around. And the problem is my husband. The border, we get, get to the crossing, we give the, cro the border um, person our passports, and they ask us all the usual questions. But then they get to my husband, and they ask him, where were you born? And I can already see him, kind of his, his, his eyes rolling back, if he could do that in front of the border guard, but he won't. And he has to say, Lanigan, Saskatchewan. Of course, that's Canada. It's a province. Saskatchewan is a province of Canada. When he was born, he and his brother were both born in Canada. Um, his father, who is from the United States, was called to be a pastor at a church in rural Saskatchewan. So, it is always a sense of confusion because technically Daniel could claim Canadian citizenship because he was born in Canada. So of course the question sometimes is, is he Canadian or is he American? And the, the answer is actually both, which I also kind of chuckle because it's kind of like some kind of living cross-border Schrodinger's cat experiment. But when you go across the border, of course, you give them the passport, and the passport tells you who you are, or more important, who, you, what, what, who do you belong to. The passport tells you that, in, in, in this case, the American passport, that I am an American citizen, that I have certain duties to this, and allegiances to this government. And even though it's not said, it also says that because when I'm in another country, that there should be certain ways that I carry myself because I am an American citizen. I am in someone else's country, so I should act a certain way. Now, we are in our second sermon in the series of Romans. And Romans is... We, as we are going to see going through this, the, um, the summer, is a way of understanding how are we Christians, especially in, the, in a culture that may not always understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And that is happening right here in this sixth chapter of Romans. The Apostle Paul is trying to help the Christians in Rome understand who they belong to and what does it mean that they belong to Jesus Christ. So the passage opens up with a rhetorical question. Paul is talking about the concept of grace and he starts by saying, if we have grace, well doesn't that mean that this is a license to sin? You can just do whatever you want. And of course, he answers his own question own question rather quickly absolutely not no no Paul wants people to make sure 
that grace does not mean you get to do whatever you want. Grace, the grace that is shown and given in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is something that doesn't give us license, but it gives us a family. And when we are part of that family, we are also called to live up to the family name. Being a Christian carries with it expectations. Paul then calls the people to remember their baptism. And he wants them to think back to the time that they were baptized and seeing what that event does to us. He talks about the fact that just as we have died a death that, he has, that Christ has died, going as we, if you are familiar especially with um, believer's baptism, being put down as if you were being put down to a grave just like Jesus was, that we will also come back up in a resurrection like Christ. So as we come out of the water, it is similar to a resurrection. It is a sense that when we become baptized, baptism necessarily is not magical, but it is saying that baptism reminds us, it tells us, that we are citizens of a new nation. We can, as Paul says, walk together in the newness of life with Christ. And what it means is that we're not slaves to sin anymore. We are now living under the reign of Christ. So because we are living under the reign of Christ, we don't live the same way we once did under sin. If we're still trying to do what we did way back then, then it may well have to wonder, are we really following Christ? As I said earlier, when you have a passport, it is showing who you belong to. And just like that, baptism says, who do we belong to? And that is important. As I've been talking about and wanting to get across is that the book of Romans is an important book. And growing up for me, it had a lot of importance about the role of salvation. How does God bring salvation to all of us? What we sometimes forget is that this, the salvation that Christ brings has social implications. It is not just for us, but it is for the whole world. And if it is for the whole world, then those of us who are Christians are called to live and to be a certain way. This past Friday, of course, we commemorated Juneteenth. It is the day when slaves in Texas found out that they were free. And you have to imagine the joy that they felt on that day when they received this message that they were no longer slaves, that they were no longer just the property of, the, of another person, that they were free 
free to be themselves and no one owned them. And this has to remind us as Christians, we were once slaves to sin, but now we are not. Now we are free, but freedom doesn't mean we do whatever. And also it's important to know that because we are baptized and because we are, are a different people, that that also empowers us to speak out against injustice, to care for the least of these. Because to be in and to, be, to live as Christ did, to understand what Christ's life, death, and resurrection means, means that we're going to live differently and act differently. And that's always going to be something that will question what the rest of the world that is engaged in sin does. I am reminded that when I was um, in college, there was, I read parts of the autobiography of Frederick Douglass. Douglass, as many of you know, was born a slave. He became free and he became one of the, the spokesmen for the abolition movement and for later for freedom for African Americans in general. And there is something that I remember very vividly. This is actually a, an actual picture. And it is when he was still a slave, something happened that the slave owner was going to punish him and he is whipping him back on his back over and over. And, but that's not the thing that stuck in my brain. What stuck in my brain is that the slave owner was saying Bible verses while he was doing that. See, he at least thought that he was following Christ, but his actions didn't show that. If we believe that being a Christian, following Jesus, if we believe in the life, death, and resurrection, that that all matters, then we're not going to act the same way. We're going to act differently. We have to believe that baptism changes us. And when it changes us, we also then want to go and work with God to change the world. As we move forward into this summer, and I want to say, speak, speak to my own congregation, but also to people out there, what does it mean for you and for your community, your church, to be followers of Jesus? What does it mean that death no longer reigns in your life? And what does it mean that being Followers of Jesus means that we are called to live as Jesus did. At the end of the day, people are watching. And they're going to ask, who do you belong to? And we have to be certain we know what that answer is. Not just to say it, but that we can prove it in our lives.
Thanks be to God. Amen.